to For All Mumkind, the podcast, a podcast by mums for mums. My name is Pamela and in each episode I sit down and chat with a mum about motherhood, the ups and downs and everything in between. Today's guest is an entrepreneur having started her own business in May 2017 called Olive and she's mum to Mirish, Padder and Saoirse. Welcome Siobhan. Thank you Pamela and thanks a million for having me. I'm very overwhelmed and privileged <laughs> and delighted to be here. So thank you. So how are you doing? I'm good, yeah. I've come straight from work, so yeah. <laughs> I'm in work mode. <laughs> I haven't gone home to the madness yet. Um, so as I said there, your business is called Olive, which is the Irish term for prepare. Mm-hmm. And your bags are aimed at busy mums and mums-to-be to make their life a bit easier. Where did you get your inspiration for them? So I suppose like many business ideas, the genesis of Olive came from trying to solve an everyday problem. So it was July 2013, I was pregnant on my second, I was working full time and I had a one and a half year old at home and I knew, I was six weeks I think from giving birth to my second, I knew that the hospital bag had to be packed and I was putting it off but I did it this particular day, I remember it was a sunny day, a rare warm sunny day uh, and I walked maybe the 60 or 70 yards from where I was working to the chemist in Tralee and back laden down with two heavy bags and I remember saying to myself there has to be an easier way to do this um, so it was all the bits that I needed from the chemist like the maternity pads and you know all the toiletry pieces and I anyway I think I looked it up at the time and there wasn't anything it didn't matter anyway I was after buying them 15 months later I was pregnant with number three and said okay there has to be an easier way to do the hospital bag and there wasn't when I googled it at the time um, so did it again myself, gave birth to her and went back to work. Um, so didn't really think about it anymore until then I was, I, I worked in financial services and I traveled a lot and just working and being with the kids was, or sorry, working and having children, three very young kids at home was, was really difficult. It was challenging. And there was one particular week where I didn't see my daughter who was my baby awake for probably four days and I remember that was just a catalyst so I applied for a career break and got it I had three wonderful months of initially of a career break so Mm -hmm. my first day of my career break was the first of October um I think it was 2016 and I had a lovely time it was the lead into Christmas my eldest had just started school so there was a novelty in doing the school runs yeah and all of that Christmas came and then January hit and January that January had 1,427 days. It was the longest January ever. I just found it really difficult and I said, just, it wasn't for me. Um, so you'd I gone back needed, to work at that point? I had, I was on a career break at yeah. this point. Yeah. So you were still on your career break yeah, on I the first took, January? Yeah, okay. I took a two-year career break. Oh, it was two years, yeah, okay. So there, <laughs> there was a long number of months still waiting <laughs> for me, career break-wise. And I just said to myself, um, I, I dusted down the idea that was in my head and I said, look, let's try it. So I kind of started the ball rolling in January, but by the time you've everything done in terms of registering the business name and getting your website and all of that, it took a few months. So probably took three months and then I launched in May. Um, so that was, and I suppose the whole idea behind it was to make life easier for mums to be. I just felt that there was, I felt that this was a challenge. It was a problem. I found it problematic. You know, I found yeah. it something that I dreaded doing. And I just felt that this was an option for people who felt like me, who maybe were time deficient and just wanted the convenience. And yeah, I said, look, I'll take it slowly, see how it goes. And here I am two and a half years later, 
still doing it because <laughs> it is the hospital bag I remember and I'm quite an organized person um well I had the bag and I even bought like a little labor bag and all of that and I did find the actual packing of it I don't know was this stressful the white word or was it like apprehensive and I didn't want to do it too early because I didn't yeah. want to jinx myself and then I can't, actually I think Ben at the end intervened and was like at what point is this bag going to get like I had the essentials like towels and PJs and stuff but the actual like I said the toiletries the stuff that you have to really think about and yeah. consider yeah they weren't done he was like okay I know you've a list so let's just actually and I think that evening I think I sat in the bed I'd kind of bits and pieces gathered and he was like what do you have what don't you have so it is one of those things that yeah it is it adds to your already kind of hectic life when you're trying to get ready yeah and I think it comes the packing of it comes at a stage in your pre- it is later in yeah. pregnancy so it comes at a stage where you know you're you're closer to giving birth you're maybe more anxious you know there's a lot going on at that time yeah and as you say you know you're not going to pack it too early yeah you know for for your own reasons so yeah and I, I think now I suppose one thing I found even in the eight years since I had my eldest there's so much information out there so there's so many lists so many and they're all variations of each other and yeah. like I'm sure somebody would look I, I produced a list but I'm sure somebody would look at mine and say that there are must-haves missing from it yeah you know there but it's quite individual but overall there are certain things yes. so you are yeah. our expert <laughs> hospital bag packer what are your essentials? So what I, what I always say, because I do think it's very overwhelming, and actually, ironically, for me, and I don't think I'm alone here, I nearly think it's more overwhelming second time or subsequently, really? because you know what the job is like. So even though first time around, it's like, oh my God, what do I need? It's nearly worse when you know what you need, or certainly that's what I found. I yeah. was like, oh, I'm dreading doing this, because I remember what it was like first time around. But at a basic level so what I say to any customers who are panicking and I say look you need your maternity pads you need nappies you need wipes or cotton wool you need toiletry items ideally travel sized to save on space and then you need clothes for yourself clothes for baby a towel and a blanket and that's pretty much it now under those headings there's obviously different variations and they'll differ from person to person but in a nutshell that's what you need so if you kind of just think of it like that I feel yeah. it, it makes it a little bit more simple and less daunting I suppose what I say to somebody is just pick a list and stick with it yeah because any list will not see you wrong and those basics will be on it um so just pick a list and whatever whatever list that is and stick to it and from starting your business to now obviously there's trends that come and go have you seen any difference in what people are looking for from even from the extras that yours you know all of provides yeah, I haven't seen, it, it's funny, I haven't probably seen a massive change because I provide the pre-packed items, but I haven't had a massive, say, request from customers in terms of certain things. I've definitely seen, what I have seen, and it's probably not hospital bag specific, is that people are a lot more conscious of what they put on their skin. Yeah. So say in terms of the toiletries, making sure that they're a more clean skincare type of product or brand. Um you know the deodorant is something I'm conscious of I currently have an aerosol deodorant I want to I want to replace that with a natural a travel size natural deodorant so I just think people are a lot more conscious in general maternity pads is another one I did a great um suggestion from a follower only 
over the weekend so I provide the the green pad yeah as most people who've had mums will recognize those they still bring me out in sweats every time I look at them when I'm packing the hospital bag but those green pads are the ones you're encouraged to bring into hospital yeah um but there's a new version of a pad I think it's UK produced that's organic and that's you know doesn't have all the nasty things that might be in other versions so a cleaner version yeah. so I've already an inquiry in with um, the distributor in Ireland to see look can I look at stock and then they don't it doesn't have plastic packaging as well so it kind of yeah. ticks two boxes in terms of that so I suppose that's probably more what I've seen in terms of you know any change in what people want in their hospital bags yeah um, I think I found during pregnancy was um, like I love my products anyway so I had tried um, a brand called Mamo Mio. Oh, yes. And they have like kind of creams for your belly and stuff like that. And that was a lovely brand. And the one I had in my hospital bag was a brand called My Expert Midwife. Now I had it during pregnancy and I had it in my hospital bag. The pregnancy one I had was their oil. So it can be kind of used for any kind of oil use really, but it's for a kind of premium massage okay. so my thing was if he helped you get it in there he can help you get it out of there <laughs> um so apparently that helps um right. and then the spritz for your bits was the one i brought in my bag basically for post partum stitches and it helps with healing and you can spray it directly on you can spray it on the pads or and what else i've done is actually sprayed it in the in afterwards having a bath spray it into the water okay yeah. just to help that healing kind of process i know a few followers had mentioned the spritz for bits yeah. product to me um but i do know that there is an irish business um called a new mum and i know that they're bringing out something hopefully in the next few months along those same lines in yeah. terms of postpartum relief so hopefully that will be something i'll definitely look to stock yeah um, for the hospital bag but yeah it's something i know when probably when i had my eldest eight years ago what was recommended was um a water bottle exactly with, just with yeah. water to when you're in the shower to, yeah. to clean out you know yeah know. i remember getting that recommendation from the girls in work actually and i was kind of horrified and i was like oh how am i going i was just literally thinking how am i going to do this <laughs> like what how does so, it work how does it work and that's why when i saw that <laughs> product the spits for your bits i actually i was kind of relieved because the bottle can spray at any angle so yes. um it kind of took away that thought of having to try and have a water bottle and, and yeah angle it and angle it <laughs> your bags have now become a part of women's journey in their pregnancy and which is for you must be a lovely thing to kind of think about that you're part of someone's becoming a mum um for yourself though, what was the most memorable part of your own pregnancies? I suppose being able to eat what I wanted, probably, <laughs> if I'm to be very honest. Um, as somebody who probably spent most of her 20s, you know, being careful in terms of what I ate and then not being careful and then being careful again, I definitely treated each pregnancy as a complete opportunity to just, yeah, I'm going to have that scone or I'll have that ice cream. Um, because really there's only six months probably for each of them in the scheme of things yeah. um, but I suppose seriously one of the my most memorable part of the pregnancies and it's, it's probably I'm, I'm barely clinging on to the term pregnancy here because it was at the very end we didn't know what we were having for okay. any of our three kids so for me when they were born and, and I suppose it got, you, got me through those final stages of labour yeah. was 
turning them over to see was it a boy or was it a girl and that you know that's something I'll, I'll never forget and I was lucky I suppose I had a positive experience for all three of my yeah. births and I know that everybody isn't as lucky and I was lucky so I suppose that's why that piece is so memorable for me yeah you know there I, I wasn't dramatized or you know things had gone relatively smoothly so I can look back on that and think that was actually brilliant and I remember on our third we had two boys first so and we didn't know whether it was a boy or a girl third time around and you know you're just so overwhelmed when they're born first and so excited we actually forgot to check so I think it could have been a minute later which doesn't seem that long but actually was ages at the time suddenly we went oh my god we don't know what we have and everyone was plaguing us because we had two boys yeah you know Oh, with the turn of the girl yeah, yeah. Um, it's actually really funny that you said there about eating what you want because I would be the same I would be quite try and eat well a lot of the time and apparently um, for those that spend their days Monday to Friday with me it was one of the first things that they copped <laughs> was that I was eating quite a number of carbs um, at lunchtime so um, yeah I definitely loosened the reins around like uh my cravings were bread um mainly right yeah I, I would have had carb cravings too yeah so that was my theory around that I was pregnant with a girl because I'm convinced that boys men are actually the like serious chocolate eaters right even though it's like marketed towards girls I actually think boys consume more chocolate this is my theory okay. and girls actually would prefer a bowl of carbs over like a bar of chocolate so when I was craving the carbs I was like this is a girl because in my head I was like if it's a boy I'd be craving chocolate okay that's interesting <laughs> that's my theory I don't know if that's <laughs> anyway scientific or well it worked out for you it works so. yeah uh, and she likes her carbs <laughs> so. so you've three kids you're running your own business what does a day in your house look like um it's fairly frenetic so we have a seven-year-old a six-year-old and a four-year-old going on 40 so um who's the girl so our i suppose it starts actually the evening before so kind of during the working week slash school week we have learned this now this is a learned behavior a learned hack we get ready the night before so steve and my husband generally will pack their lunches so all three of them are now in in primary school okay so we pack their lunches and they go into the fridge the night before because it takes five minutes to do their lunches in the evening time it could take 30 minutes in the morning because you're then being pulled you know you don't have the um you can't just focus on doing it for yeah. for that length of time so and then we do the uniforms the evening before as well so all three of their uniforms are laid out in bundles when i come home i make them go upstairs get their clean underwear put them on them so we're kind of good to go for the morning. So yeah. it means then in the morning, so we start somewhere between seven and half seven. We're not up really early and we've never been, thankfully our kids have never been really early risers. Um, we go down, one of us will give them breakfast, feed the cats. Um, they know then that kind of once eight o'clock hits, they need to start getting into their uniform. They can do all of that now themselves, which is great. So, you know, it's kind of another phase we've got to. The odd roar for me as I'm getting ready upstairs to check are you are you ready are you nearly ready brush your teeth all of those things and then they go to school so they're all now in primary school which again kind of makes it easier so there's one drop yeah and then i work full time monday tuesday wednesday so we have a childminder who comes in in the middle of the day does the collections and then i'm home at tea time and then thursdays and friday so then tea time i suppose they've eaten their main meal during the day so it's something light 
they'll play, watch a bit of telly, whatever, and then kind of the whole bedtime routine starts maybe half seven. I kind of say half seven, but if we're kind of being honest, it's probably more eight, maybe half eight. That's not too um, bad. No, it isn't. We, we try to have a routine. We try yeah. to be more strict during the week and we, you know, we give a bit of leeway at the weekend, but it just doesn't always work out. It depends on... On activities you know, and... Yeah, yeah. And life, you know, and how you're feeling, you know. Some days I come home and I'm just exhausted, so I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll just leave these jugs for an extra half an hour, yeah. even though I pay the price for it later because <laughs> it's nine o'clock when I'm eventually coming downstairs, you know, but... So that's kind of a typical day, but it's yeah. a lot less frenetic now than it was, say, two or three years ago. Yeah. So again, you know, those couple of years make a big difference. Especially when you have drops at schools and then a crashes during the different drops. Like, I have older brothers and sisters, so I've seen kind of all of that ahead of me. And yeah, and I think about it, if I had a second child, like just the time management that yeah. needs to go into your day-to-day. Yeah. Um, I, in particular, the morning. That that would be, I think, for, that for me would be the most daunting, I think. Just how does, how do we all get out the door? And if you're working and you have to be somewhere at a certain time, yeah. that's definitely challenging. But it's funny, it, when you do have to be somewhere at a certain time, I found when I was working and when I'm now working again, I suppose, for myself, you're more organized so you're more structured so it happens better i found the times say when i was on maternity leave or when i was on my career break and maybe i'd arrangements made to meet somebody for a coffee at 10 or 11 o'clock so it's maybe a looser arrangement yeah that was a nightmare in terms of getting ready so you know it just i remember thinking i have to be up at six o'clock in the morning to, to get everybody ready to get out the door to be literally yeah. 10 minutes away you know by 10 o'clock so, yeah yeah it depends really and are you the type of mum that you thought you'd be, you know, when you were when you were, you know, in your twenties thinking about, oh, I'd love to be a mum, and the aspiration of that mum versus who you are today, is there a big difference or are you exactly what you thought? Um I you know, I can't remember what, what version I thought I'd be because I've lost a lot of brain cells in the last eight years. But I I I think I'm more that version now. Yeah. Or in you know, in the last while than I was initially because we had, I suppose our children were very close together. So we had three under three and that's just all a little bit of a fog. If I'm to be honest, looking back at it, it was, it was crazy. It was very stressful. It was wonderful in ways, don't get me wrong, but it, there, I, I remember there just being kind of a lot of stress. There was no time really for yourself. You know, everything had to be done for them. And it wasn't that it was an unhappy time or that at all. It, w- it was happy, but it was very stressful. So, like I, I do rem- remember myself, you know, you know, maybe not being the best version of a mum that I that I or certainly that's how I felt, and I'm sure that was me being very hard on myself. But now, I feel, and again, I suppose it's just because we're at a stage where our youngest is nearly five, so they're at a better stage. So you know we're doing things that are more and they can do a lot more for themselves firstly they can self-entertain a lot better and because they're close in age you know they kind of have a ready-made posse themselves yeah. uh, one thing i suppose i have noticed is that um really all all kids want is for you to spend time with them and you know that's that's one of the things that that i've really very much so in the last year that i've really noticed they are just so happy if there's something on television and I'm sitting there they just love me or, or my husband being present they just want you there and and similarly if if I take the time to do that myself for myself leave my mobile in the kitchen 
and really be present with them I feel so much better at even if it's only 20 minutes or half an hour and I just think because again they're that bit older you know their personalities are evolving and they're interesting or funny or you know things yeah thing you have an enjoyable an, an enjoyable time and it can be something so so basic and it's funny I watched um one of my favorite films of all times is a film called about time with Donald Leeson and Rachel McAdams it's it's not it's out a few years but um what's the name Richard Curtis who did four weddings and a funeral is the director and he okay. wrote it but you kind of have to suspend um you know reality so Donald Gleason's character can go back in time I did see it yeah, yeah. and his dad then can go and all that that line of males along that generation but there is a scene in it where um he's going back in time so his dad passed away and he's going back to visit his dad for the last time and it's because his third baby is due and he can't go back once the baby's born he can't go back beyond the birth of the baby so he's going back to visit his dad for the last time so he arrives back to the dad and explains to him, look, you know, this is going to be our last time. And all Donald Leeson's character wants to do with his dad is play ta- table tennis for the afternoon because that's what they used to do. Yeah. And then he says to the dad, um, what would you like to do, you know, for our last time? And the dad thinks about it. You know, what would he like to do for his last time meeting his son? And he says, I have it. So you see them in the sitting room as they are. And then the next scene, you see them walking down the cliff from their house down onto the beach and his dad is holding Donald Gleason's character who's now only about eight or nine holding his hand and they just walk down on the beach and they skim stones into the sea and they laugh and they just have a lovely afternoon and it it, it makes me well up actually even thinking about it because I it in both of their situations both the, the son to the father and the father back to the son the memory the memory that they wanted to go back to was something so mundane and so normal it wasn't you know Brendan or Donald Gleeson's character was a barrister so it wasn't his graduation or it wasn't a big party or it was playing table tennis with his dad where the dad was just going down to the beach and spending time with his son so you know I just think it's those it's those little things that I I want my kids to remember when they go, like my memory, my strong memories from childhood is having picnic on the side of a busy road going to Galway on our summer holidays. (laughs) We had this old Tupperware container that must have been 15 years old, an old little gas lighter, gas fire thing where they boiled water to have a cup of tea. You know, it's those little things. So I don't get it wrong, I don't get it right, sorry, most of the time, but they're the things that I that I've kind of realised over the last few years, probably during my motherhood journey, really since it began eight years ago, there are more the things that matter. Yeah. Um. To to everybody, to the kids and to us. Yeah, it's the quality time over almost the quantity. And I think if you are a working mum as well, um, I read a poem before I was going back to work, and the essence of it was that was that you know don't beat yourself up if you're not there all the time that actually when you do come home like put away the phone and just immerse yourself in their world for a little while whether that's like watching tv or if it's taking them to like a rugby or ga thing the training that they have to do it's just being there with them yeah. that you are the, the the greatest toy to them yeah um and yeah and like that film like it's it was like the one-to-one wasn't it yeah. it was like that time yeah. is what they wanted to go back to that yeah. uninterrupted yeah 
simple simple exactly yeah 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 it's amazing really we can almost we can really overcomplicate <laughs> ourselves um at every kind of phase really but really like the crux of it is just time spend time with them and yeah. quality time yeah and one of the things actually that stayed in my head about the mums going back to work was even the the, the kind of the poem kind of said like when you come home if all you've time to do is put them to bed that's like that's fine like it just like actually if they're having a bath get in the bath with them and you know that be your time and I was like oh that's really sweet do you, yeah. know, you wouldn't think about just totally immersing yourself into that you just think oh, I'll just give them a bath and we'll just go along with the bedtime routine but it was really like actually do you know if that is you only have an hour but especially when they're very small yeah. and they're going to bed early you do sometimes find God I'm coming home or, or having something to eat together and maybe then they're going to bed um is to kind of really immerse yourself into that bedtime routine um and like you said now that your kids are getting older and the personalities that are coming out like that must just be amazing it is yeah it is lovely you know it's challenging as well. <laughs> they get their <laughs> because they can talk back to you but uh no it is it is it's a lovely thing to see yeah it is definitely so people say you are a different mum to each of your children and you're talking about their their independence and them talking back so for the two boys and i'm going is sirisha is she independent yes yeah yes yes <laughs> very independent her name suits her <laughs> it does absolutely yeah she was well named and between the three of them then do you find yourself having to be a different mom to each one of them i suppose i communicate differently with them so like my standards are probably the, you know are the same across so it's not that i let one away with something that i yeah. wouldn't let the other away with but I might communicate it differently like for example i could i say i say roar but i don't really mean roar but at my eldest and say you know have you brushed your teeth up up the stairs and water off the dust back up he'll go and he'll do it but if i use the same tone of voice to my middle child who's very sensitive i'd find him 10 minutes later under the stairs like very upset at how i spoke to him so I'm very conscious of even though I have to tell him to do the same thing yeah it's just my style of communication needs to be different I'm, I'm conscious say that him in particular he's just more sensitive the other two I can kind of treat Similar. um, similarly yeah yeah it's funny isn't it it is and it's so it's fascinating I mean it's an amazing science study really we have found it so fascinating as as you're watching them develop and develop their personalities and you know essentially from the same genetic yeah. gene pool and so and all three of them are very different uh it is really really amazing and now that the three of them are in school as well you're obviously probably seeing their be- their school behavior is probably quite different yeah well th- we would say i remember we went into um one of the parent teacher meetings last year and we were a bit worried we just didn't know because you don't always you don't always know because you don't necessarily have interaction with the teachers apart from the parent teacher meeting and you know we'd no reason to be worried but i suppose until you hear you're just not sure and it was i won't say which child it was but you know the behavior could have been a bit challenging at home so i was probably a little bit nervous maybe that that, that might have manifested itself in school and when we went into the parent-teacher meeting, it was the complete opposite to the degree where we were saying to each other, does she have the right child? <laughs> so, you know, I think there is definitely that, you know, school behaviour versus home behaviour. Um, 
definitely and I think you know I have heard it said that you know children are on their best behavior in school generally so there's probably frustration or that building so when they come when they come home yeah there can be a period maybe of just releasing whatever they were holding in for the duration of school um but I think that's only natural I'm sure yeah. we're all the same yeah oh and you're a Corkonian but you're living in Kerry yes and when we were discussing arranging to record this you were talking about the support you get from your neighbours as well um and people will say it takes a village to raise kids and you've three of them so what supports have you around you to be able to do the full time and have the kids and everything um yeah it's a really good question because unusually we have no family around Kerry at all so we're neither of you neither of us okay no so I'm obviously not from Kerry my husband is but he has no family members um at all in Kerry so we are very reliant on on a different network than family so we're very lucky we have an amazing childminder that we've had for since I went back to work after our last um child we had she we didn't have her then for a year when I took the career break but she came back to us and then which has enabled me to focus on Olive and we just have very good neighbors and I suppose some of the the moms that I've gotten to know through the school as well so things that are um becoming more um what am I trying to say so say in terms of their hobbies or their activities like football and hurling and soccer and you know all of those I suppose what we found and I had seen it before my kid you know with older with people who have older kids we end up carpooling say yeah. so you know one person will bring will bring them to the training and another person will collect them and same with birthday parties and that generally if there's a few people living around the same area you'll try and just help out and a text will go around and say look I'll bring them there's probably three maybe um, yeah. kids close together living close together say for for nearly each of mine and that tends to be what happens so then you had so when you were talking about there earlier about the three under three mm-hmm. and then you have no family around you because generally when I talk to people and they say oh my mom and my dad or my it was my in-laws helped me so you didn't even at that time so no like when you talk about that being a fog like you were just completely at home with three kids with very little support around you so yeah that that would be a very intense yeah it, it was um now again I have very good friends and I suppose people um you know I suppose the, the one thing with me I'm only living in Kerry seven years is that none of my friends in Kerry are long-standing friends so yeah. I did have to generate new friendships when I moved to Kerry so at that stage even my friendships were probably still quite new um so and and, and my longer standing friendships were Dublin based really which is where I had spent most of kind of my adult life up until then so yeah it was challenging but you know you kind of I I used to get out and about with them difficult and all as it was you know I'd I'd pack them up in the car and we'd go somewhere go to a cafe or you know I I didn't really care once I was out yeah and so I probably ended up going out more as a result I remember meeting a neighbor of mine in the street one day and I had a double buggy and then I had this I can't even remember the name of it like a, a seat thing onto the end of the buggy that the eldest could stand or sit on yeah so the three of them were I was pushing essentially the three of them 
and she just looked at me and she said oh my god Siobhan she said I don't think I left the house for five years or something like that you know she just couldn't believe I was around the street but I felt if I didn't get out you know it was it would have been very isolating at home so yeah. difficult as it was to get them out I always felt the better of it you know go to the town park run them out in the town park whatever it was but yeah it was it was difficult but it is amazing you do forget you know um you know I I know you know they're nearly five six and seven now but I, I kind of forget that I remember it being a fog I remember it being difficult but and I think maybe that's just how you survive <laughs> is by forgetting those parts of it um so between juggling the kids in your business where do you find the time for yourself and your own kind of self-care or does that exist does five minutes locked in the toilet count? yeah <laughs> i i'm really really bad probably at doing it and now sorry i say that and i suppose it depends on your definition of self-care one of the things we are very good at and i'll credit my husband entirely for this and again i suppose all the more important because we don't necessarily have the family structures around is that every i say every three months it's probably every six months we'll go away for a night it'll only be to killarney but we will and we we've done this pretty much from the start so pretty much from the time marish was three months older that three four months maybe we have we have done that and kept that up in terms of getting away just for us so it's probably not necessarily self-care because it includes my husband but it's 24 hours of a we generally go to a hotel in Killarney we arrive there at lunchtime we do not leave the grounds of the hotel for 24 hours so we feel as if we have been away nearly for you know four nights or that because it has been very restful yeah and that definitely for lots of reasons is really important but I know every time that I do it I go back feeling rested and feeling recharged and I suppose just feeling that I've indulged maybe my 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 non-mom life yeah you know that I've um I and I we don't ever forget the kids when we yeah. go away but it, it is just it is a lovely mental break to, and it is generally only 24 hours and you probably um, talk about the kids for a lot of yeah us. we're good enough now not, actually my husband is probably worse than I am <laughs> But um, you kind of we've kind of got used to it now of, yeah. of not as such. When firstly and when they were smaller, you would. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's probably something um, that I I can't really think of anything else. You know, I I don't tend to do spa days or you know, um, I love reading. So if I have the luxury to read, you know, if I if I have the house to myself for a few hours, that's something I will do, and that's something I always feel the better of, and it's sometimes it's a case of making the time for it yeah you know you don't you're you're not always in a busy house going to find time time isn't going to present itself to you never <laughs> so sometimes you just have to dig it out yeah it's it's actually hiding yeah yeah i'm convinced <laughs> of it it just hides um apparently i have the worst which is really funny because i think in my work life i'm very structured and very on time but apparently um my husband would always say that i've absolutely no means of um keeping time that what i think i can get done in a certain amount of time is not possible okay i just look at that i've been super optimistic yeah. <laughs> it's a goal it's a goal <laughs> what i'd like to achieve and what i achieve are not necessarily the same two things um but i do try i suppose it's just trying to juggle too many things when you set up olive and that seed of olive kind of started when you were pregnant i've actually met a few a few mums who've set up businesses while on maternity leave which I always think is 
and this was I set up the podcast while I'm trying to leave it's kind of like your your brain gets a break from your nine to five and it starts tapping into maybe like your subconscious or you just become aware of other opportunities that can kind of present themselves when you're on mat leave um what advice would you give to a mum who has an idea at the moment and is like where do I go to put that seed into a plant um I suppose the first thing I would say um so it's very it can be very difficult if you have a business idea it can be very difficult to know how successful it will be until you actually make it go live because generally if you suss it out with family or friends they'll either go one of two ways they'll either tell you it's brilliant regardless you know maybe non-objectively or they'll tell you the opposite because they want to protect you and don't want you to waste money or energy or whatever into something that may not work but but may equally work so um you know everybody believes I suppose that their business idea is is a great business idea but from my experience it isn't really until the rubber hits the road and it it will really be if you have so in my case I'm a product-based company if I have customers you know that's my yardstick in terms of whether it's working or not so what I would say to somebody is just dive in try it but start small so don't invest your life savings you know if yeah. it's possible to do if it if it's a service type business that's great because you probably don't need to invest as much if it's a retail slash product type business you obviously need to purchase stock and that so it would be to to try to go s- take it in small steps and see and and then once you start in that small way listen to feedback from from your consumer so um for me that was definitely one of the most valuable pieces because the business probably went slightly different way to the way i thought because of feedback i got from customers or reaction from customers uh so i think it's very it can be very easy to get entrenched and feel you know this is the best idea in the world it's going to work but i think you do need to be open to maybe making modifications along the way the other thing and i remember reading this because when i was you know in the early stages of of bringing olive to life i was reading till 2 a.m i'd say every night up in bed googling everything and i remember reading a really good article on, in forbes i think and they were saying you know don't wait until you're a hundred percent happy with everything because yeah. you'll never be a hundred percent happy go with 90 percent and you know the other little bits you can tweak on the fly as your business is is operating you know things like you know i wasn't happy with my logo and i could spend another six months trying to get it perfect but really did it matter yeah. it, it didn't so um yeah so they're probably the two key pieces i would say broadly speaking in terms yeah. of just dive in and go with it because it's very hard it is very hard to gauge whether it will work or not until you actually you know make it happen and then just you know take it slowly and 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 listen to your consumers or your customers and and then i suppose lastly you know be pr- maybe don't be too proud if you feel it's not working or it's not you know ultimately i suppose people are in business to, to make money and you know you have to be realistic about that and if a point in time comes where you realize look it's just not the case just not to be too proud to say okay look that idea didn't work but maybe another idea will yeah so that's that's my own experience of it and what do you think is the biggest challenge that of setting up a business for for me and i would say for any particularly for mums it's time yeah. time is just a constant ch- like that has never eased for me in fact if anything it's probably gotten worse 
um, time is definitely the biggest challenge. Like there's great positives, um, again, particularly if you have kids in terms of flexibility. So for example, my four-year-old was sick a couple of weeks ago, so she didn't go into school Monday and Tuesday. So I was able to go, yeah, that's fine. I can manage, I'll stay at home on the couch with her Monday and Tuesday morning until my childminder came in. And I wouldn't, I remember times when I worked full-time leaving the house and one of the kids being sick and leaving them with the childminder and being really upset going to work thinking oh my god so I, I've done it both ways yeah and I know that that people don't always have an option um but it is one of the great things if if you can make it work that flexibility that being able to drop that if I was working full-time in my old role I wouldn't be able to drop the children to school in the mornings yeah. you know so it's it, it really depends but I, I think there are great benefits from it um, but the time for me and I think for most mums is probably the biggest challenge and is all of your fourth baby yes <laughs> <laughs> most definitely <laughs> it's keeping in the the name all of is certainly keeping in 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 the family of the same with the kids with that's the Mauritius right. Deirdre, like it's that that's Irishness right. I never looked at it like that that's right all of stack yeah <laughs> actually I was talking to somebody the other day and I was saying she was wanting to post something or was I telling her who I was she's trying to look up my account on the system and she said oh yes Olive so she thought my first name that I was Olive and I was like no no the business is Olive but uh, yeah so no definitely my fourth baby um so it's that time that I have to ask you three questions mm-hmm. what would you tell your pregnant self I know this is probably a ridiculous answer to this but take loads of videos <laughs> because you know, it's so funny, the time, and I know I've said this, and I hope I'm not being negative, it's such a fog the first few years, Yeah. and I did take video, and we all have video cameras now because we have our phones, but it, you just, you don't realise how quickly they're growing up until suddenly, you know, the baby phase is gone, and one of the greatest things, you know, that I love doing, and now the kids love doing, is going back and look, they might only be minute snippets, of video footage of them doing something stupid or, or something great or whatever but I think to have those I just think there's nothing like photos equally I absolutely love photos but I think I'm more inclined to take photos I'm not and maybe it's to do with storage on my phone or that I don't take yeah. as many videos but you can upload onto your own private YouTube channel or you know True, into the yeah. cloud or something um but that's that's one thing I would say and I know that's a very trite example but it's definitely something I would say back to my pregnant self do take yeah take video footage and capture all the, the moments what I found is that I have a like a year's worth of photos from Alice's first year and they're all on my phone and now I feel so overwhelmed to try and select the perfect picture and all of that so now what I make myself to is actually in the last four months I have decided so after her first birthday I selected all the photos I downloaded the app free prints and I just uploaded them, sent them, and they arrived in, and I put them straight into a full album. And then we had our first holiday, and I came home, and I did the exact same thing again. Brilliant. And I'm like, I'm just going to keep doing this. At some point, I'm going to have to face that first year worth of thousands of photos and get them off my phone. Um, but yeah, I think, like, take the photos, the videos, and as someone else I heard, I think it was Ema Varen Barry, but she did what she set up email addresses for each of the kids okay and she emailed them the photos and the videos oh. as just a way of kind of like backup of storage but also that in years to come they can log they into that it. email and there's just 
almost like a timeline of their photos and videos and it's so simple yeah that's a great idea so really good that's another tip and what one product could you not live without does red wine count as an answer (laughs) (laughs) um i uh so beauty product if we want to talk those lines would be my benefit goof proof brush for my eyebrows um but you're probably talking kids related are you no, it can be can it be anything. Absolutely. It can be a person, place, service thing. Probably the wine. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is the wine. <laughs> and what has been your magic moment? This is a very difficult one. Um, and this is very, very corny, but I'm going to go with it anyway. And anybody who knows me would be like, this isn't like Siobhan at all. But on my first date with my husband is my magic moment because I feel that everything else that's wonderful about my life happened since then you know so having our three children uh, having a really happy home and to be honest being able to set up all of I I couldn't have done it without his support um, so I think I'm very lucky um, that we met and that we had that first date and I remember feeling like I still remember the exi- I remember where I was living in Dublin. I was living in Dublin at the time when we went on our first date. And I still remember the excitement. I remember where I went to get my blow dry done. I remember the dress I wore. It was only 10 years ago, so it's not that long ago, I suppose. Um, but I still remember that feeling, that excited feeling, heading in. We were meeting in the Shelburne, heading into the Shelburne to meet him for our first date. And uh, yeah, I, I would have to say, I mean, there have been many many more wonderful moments and I mean obviously the births of my children (laughs) are included there but if I was to pick one magic moment that would definitely have to be it. Siobhan thank you so much for coming in. You're very welcome. Your website is www.ulluv.com It's for any mum that wants to purchase it herself or as a gift or if you are not a mum and you're just looking for a really nice bag. Yeah lovely set of matching bags for a weekend away. Yep. Thank you so much. Thanks a million, Pamela. That was great. Thank you for listening to today's episode of For All Mankind. If you enjoyed it, please rate, review and subscribe. If you'd like to send me a message, please email forallmankind at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at forallmankind and see you on the next episode of the podcast.